Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident Jackie Honig. 525,600 minutes, 525,000 moments so dear, 525,600 minutes, how do you measure a year? As I stand here for the last time in front of this congregation as a rabbinic resident, it is actually really hard to figure out how to measure this year. I did, as you would probably expect, crunch some numbers at some point. But they didn't turn out to be particularly interesting. Turns out I didn't do 500,000 of anything. The only one that might be a bit fun is that I can now say that I've opened two Shabbat morning dress shirts with a quote from Rent. So I'll take that as a win. This year has been full of life cycles, learning, Shabbatot, holidays, fun, tears, and so much more than I could ever measure or fit into a single Shabbat morning drash that people would want to listen to. And it would definitely no longer feel any sense of being linear. Our Gemara often works in associative ways. We're pretty used to that. One minute you're reading about Shabbat candles, and the next minute you're discussing Hanukkah. Okay, rabbis, we see you. Sometimes retrospectives can feel that way too. A little bit from here and a little bit pulled from there, trying to string something into a coherent narrative. This week, our Parsha feels like that to me too. It feels like we got to the section of the Torah with a lot of rules and someone was trying to figure out the best way to make some sort of logical divisions for the readings. At some point, they must have just realized that some weeks we're going to have less of a through line than others. And I would say we're at one of those weeks. So I want to offer our Parsha in three sections, along with some lessons I've learned from my year here that I hope will be relevant for everyone. At the beginning of our Parsha, it talks about the Kohanim and the rules for them. Ish mezarecha ledoratam asher mum lo yikrav lehakriv lechem elohav. No man of your offspring throughout the ages who has a defect shall be qualified to offer the food of his God. The Kohanim must be perfect, unblemished, undamaged goods, you might say. It is easy for us now to look at leadership and say, see, they must be perfect. We are not worthy enough. But being a Kohen, serving a temple, is not the only form of leadership in our Torah. We also have Moses. From the beginning, we see Moses as an imperfect leader. He describes himself as slow of speech, and he makes plenty of mistakes along the way. Remember that time he hits the rock instead of just using his words? Definitely not his brightest moment, but we all know that feeling. But as the Torah reminds us at the very end, there has never been another leader like Moses. It is easy as leaders to push ourselves to be like Kohanim, to say, we must be perfect. But I've learned this year that it is impossible to be perfect every time. And Moses is pretty great, too. 
There are moments for all of us that demand perfection, as I learned when I filled out my first ketubah. But there are also so many more that just ask for the best of us. The first lesson. At the end of our Parsha, we find this sort of interesting and strange story. It's not necessarily a strange story by default. Someone does something bad, and then they're punished, as the Torah says will happen. To start with, though, it's a strange story because of its placement. It's one of only two narrative pieces in all of Vayikra. But also, what does this story tell us? It's the story of a blasphemer, someone who goes out among the community and speaks against God. He is found guilty of his crimes, and then something a little bit different than you might have expected happens. Take the blasphemer outside of the camp and let all who are within hearing distance lay their hands upon his head. Everybody goes with him, and they all place their hands on him. According to the medieval commentator, Chlis Kuni, they are putting their portion of the sin back onto him. It's definitely not the most lovely image, but I think there is still something there for us. For better and for worse, we are all in this together. Being in community is hard. This year, I have witnessed some really challenging moments and disagreements. There's always trying to figure out who is on the roof and who is here and who is on the field or maybe the other field and how are we all going to work together and coexist. There are the challenges of building a community in person and a community virtually at the same time. There's a push and pull and a tug of not wanting to leave people out, but wanting to be together. There are no easy answers. But I've also seen beautiful moments of community. I've seen moments where community comes together across any lines you might have thought existed. I've seen people come together for shiva and holidays and young adult programming and everything in between because there is power in community and we are there together through the good, the bad, and the otherwise. Lesson number two. And the third piece of our Parsha, the large chunk right in the middle. Daber al b'nei Yisrael v'amarta alehem mo'ade Adonai asher tikra'u otam mikra'e kodesh elahem mo'ade. Speak to the Israelite people and say to them, these are my fixed times, the fixed times of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as sacred occasions. Oh, friends, we have had sacred occasions this year. The Parsha first speaks about Shabbat, which has been such a central piece of my residency this year. From everybody's favorite slot of Sudat Shlishit at 3.40 p.m. to the first sermon back in this sanctuary a few months ago, I have been part of so much Shabbat in this community, and it has been such a part of my journey. When I first visited Tamil Beth Am in October of 2018, during my visit to Ziegler, I attended Shabbat Sovev in Pilch Hall for the very first time. I sat with then students, now a rabbi and a very soon-to-be rabbi, and I remember tearing up clear at the clear realization that this was the place for me. I knew I had found my home, 
but I had no idea how right I was. I have had the joy over the last year of being part of building Shabbat community. I've gotten to go from sitting alone in my apartment to the first services back in person to Sovev together in this room and now Shabbat morning here in this sanctuary together. And I've gotten to share it all with so many of you. This Shabbat community is really something special that I have cherished and I know and I hope will continue to grow over the coming years. After speaking about Shabbat, our Parsha takes us through the holidays. It begins with Passover in Nisan, the first month according to the Torah, and it travels through the year. The holidays are such a way to mark time, and as we round the corner on Shavuot again in our lives, it is so easy to see the journey and transformation over the last year since I first taught as Urbanic resident. Our community has changed. We've added new members. We have lost beloved, familiar faces. We've moved in and out and in and out a few times. But this community is still Temple Betham. The Torah then travels through Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and lands at my favorite part of the year, Sukkot. And as Sukkot calls for us to dwell and be present, I want to dwell here in Sukkot for a few minutes. Sukkot is described most fully here than it is anywhere else in our Torah. It even gets two sets of observances, unlike the other holidays. It begins with what we often think of as the central mitzvah of Sukkot, the sukkah itself. Daber al b'nei Yisrael lemor, b'chamishi asar yom lachoresh hashvi'i hazeh, chag hasukot shivat yamim ladonai. Say to the Israelite people, on the 15th day of this seventh month, there shall be the feast of booths to the Lord to last seven days. Our Gemara in Masachat Sukkot argues about what these booths, these Sukkot, are meant to represent. Rabbi Eliezer believes they are meant to represent the Anane HaKavod, the clouds of glory that accompanied the Israelites on their journey. Rabbi Akiva, on the other hand, takes a much more straightforward and what you might think of as a simpler approach. Sukkot mamash, he says. They're really just Sukkot. The Sukkot are there to remind us of the dwellings of the Israelites when they wandered in the desert. Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, the Ikron Livracha, takes this one step further. When speaking about this debate, he explains that the two options represent two different kinds of miracles. The Ananeha Kavod represents a miracle straight from God, while the Sukkot themselves represent the miracle of human faith. Our ancestors left Egypt the same way that our patriarchs left their homeland, and they took a leap of faith that there would be something better waiting on the other side. What is amazing to me is that we still commemorate this journey by going outside and dwelling in these Sukkot. It would be so easy to say, hey, remember that time we were wandering Jews and we lived outside for 40 years? Let's never do that again. Instead, we have faith in our solid foundations and we go back outside, back to these impermanent Sukkot to recall this journey. And that is where I most need to draw on the lessons of this Parsha going forward. 
In just a few weeks, I will pack my apartment and become a wandering Jew again. Join this line of people as a Jew on the way to my homeland. And I'm scared. I have a plane ticket and school is waiting for me and I won't be alone. But that's all I've got right now. I, along with my classmates, are setting out on the path of our ancestors to make our journey home. But just as we feel okay today to commemorate by going back into our Sukkot, because we know we have a foundation, I too know that I have a foundation. Because I know that wherever I go, however long it feels like it's taking, that whatever happens in a year from now, I'll be back. Temple Betham and all of you will be waiting for me here, and I'll be able to find my way back home in a different way. But like I said, Sukkot gets two observances, so I want to offer just a little bit more. On the first day, you shall take the product of the Hadar trees, the branches of the palm trees, boughs of the leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Here we are given a unique command among all of the holidays. Sure, waving our pagan fertility symbols is pretty unique, but there's more to it. Sukkot brings in joy. It is not enough to simply bring our sacrifices, build our huts, and shake our branches around. We must have joy. Whatever we do, wherever we go, we must find and we must create joy in our Judaism, in our community, and in our lives. And that is lesson number three. I know I'm not a bat mitzvah girl, but I can't imagine not expressing some gratitude while I'm standing here today. I'm grateful to all of the Beth Am clergy, who is definitely not here at all today. Uh. Rabbis Klickfeld, Schatz, Shapiro, and Cantor Chorney, who saw me and my imperfections and who always brought out the best in me. I'm grateful to all of you who welcomed me into this community and helped strengthen it with me. And last, but certainly not least, I'm grateful to my fellow residents, Julia and David. You helped me find and make so much joy in this year. In her book, The Writing Life, Annie Dillard gives it to us straightforward and simply. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. I feel so blessed to have spent so many days here bringing my whole self to the table, being in community, having faith, and finding joy. If this is how I get to spend the rest of my life, I will be so blessed because of all of you and my time here. And my blessing to you is that each of you find all of this and more here and wherever your journeys take you. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.